a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. The thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, There there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is, no, no, that's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've, got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they, uh, they, they feel like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember and them I'm all either. Up. They're just too <laughs> numerous. <laughs> Table Talk Radio is just an hour away from being over. I'm Evan Gigline. <laughs> Here with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. I can't handle it. Looking at you. <laughs> I know. This is miserable. I, I'm glad we do this from a, from a distance. I know it. Um, We're in the same room together. And I'm not supposed to tell people this, but actually uh, a call came in in Colorado, but I had to decline it because uh, I didn't want to have to be in the vicinity to, of you to do radio shows face to face. Yeah, distance is better. Yeah, that's right. That's why the listeners are so glad to be so far away. <laughs> We've heard it from listeners all over the world now uh, recently. Like, uh, there was someone wrote in from North Dakota. <laughs> it's amazing how far the internet goes. It really is. <laughs> but today's program of Table Talk Radio, we're going to, after doing some buzzwords, we're going to respond to uh, some of the listener emails, uh, I guess just one uh, this time, and then playing Name That Church Body. Oh, yeah. And then ending up with some bumper stickers and church signs. Hmm. Uh, so that's the lineup for today's mediocre. Table Talk Radio. Uh, I think what last time we got the, um, we played name that church body. We did the uh, Native American tribe uh, or something. Some <laughs> it's ridiculous church. Uh, so we'll oh yeah, that I remember that. <laughs> Holy schmoly! You know, that almost sent me off on a. I had to get therapy after that. That's <laughs> well, the guy how the, the sacraments was a a sign of man's innate goodness. Right. Yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll see what other kinds of doctrines we'll should also, be We're going to play the game uh, Start the Ordination Sermon for Candidate Gig Line. <laughs> so if you have suggestions for the first line of... Um, oh, yeah. I, we haven't uh, announced this on the on the air, that uh, Pastor Wolfmiller is going to be the uh, preacher at my ordination service in uh, Rogue River, Oregon. That's so. uh, uh, July 24th, Sunday afternoon. All our Table Talk Radio uh, listeners are invited to attend if you promise to behave yourself. Oh, you think it's the 24th? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we, told it, we told him the wrong date. <laughs> That'd be nice. I, uh, I, I'm working on, I mean, the, the sermon line I've got so far to start the sermon is, would all of the single ladies raise their hand? <laughs> but uh, I don't know how that'll work. Uh, that'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, well, let, let's do some uh, buzzwords before you, uh, start, <laughs> before you start writing the rest of that sermon. <laughs> Actually, I was, that's I, as far as I need to get. I was thinking that uh, we could have a Iron Preacher preach off to see who the ordination preacher is. That's a, not a bad idea. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. So far, we've had uh, what? Did Swirla beat you? Wilkin has beaten you. 
A uh, couple times. A couple times, yeah. Lincoln Winters beat me. That's right. So those are those are the candidates for the for my organization sermon. Right? Those only there's others that have walloped me. Yeah. I can't remember. I blocked that out of my mind. Someday when I'm old and lying on my deathbed, some. Oh, we'll get our new uh, hypnotist friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's coming up in a future show. We got a letter from a hypnotist who's insulted that the Prey song. <laughs> oh, it's com- Oh, you have that to look forward to. Oh, later. yeah. Uh, that'll be, you know, in the distant future. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my theological buzzword for you is um, antinomian. And the definition, according to tabletalkradio.org... <laughs> is uh, literally no law, the heretical doctrine that Christians are exempt from obligations of moral law. Hey, we have related buzzwords, because mine is the Decalogue. Oh, nice. Which means the Ten Commandments. That's a simple word, but it's a theological word, so people talk about the the Decalogue, and it means deca, probably means ten, and log, from logos, word. So the Decalogue is the ten words or the Ten Commandments. Perfect. So we combine our buzzwords to be the anti-decalogue. <laughs> It'll be the, uh, that'd be a super buzzword. <laughs> if you use the super buzzword, you get 100,000 points. Well, let's start off this program by reading some emails. I think, Pastor, you have a, an email to read? Yes, uh, I have one from uh, Dear Table Talk Radio. This is from our friend, Pastor Charmley, in England, our Calvinist. Uh, one of the many Calvinists who, uh, I mean, normally they're joyful cheerful do we know how many blogs pastor charmley has pastor charmley how many blogs do you have that is a important question if you could respond to that because your um uh what your your criterion your ability to speak authoritatively about being a calvinist (laughs) depends on how many blogs you have (laughs) less than four then your criteria is suspect that's right (laughs) uh dear table talk radio may i respectfully ask what your authority is for saying or at least implying that the calvinist is thrown for assurance wholly on the result of god's work and growth in good works citing a couple of sources would be appreciated uh, it is very easy to say what you think other people believe, but usually helpful to see how you actually got to that point. As wait, wait, can I make a prediction? Yes. some point in the rest of this email, he's going to uh, distance himself from other Calvinists. <laughs> why, why would you think such a thing? <laughs> because every Calvinist who ever speaks has to say, well, of course those Calvinists believe that, but I don't, according to these obscure confessions you've never heard of. Well, yeah, I'm right. Now, this is part of one of the problems as being a Calvinist is that you... You need always an adjective connected to your noun, Calvinism. Uh, so I'll take you up on that. No, no. I think you're right that it's going to happen. I'll continue. Okay. As an independent Calvinist, <laughs> I would respectfully direct your attention to chapter 18 of the... Now, do you know how to say this? Savoy or Savoy? S-A-V-O-Y. Savoy Declaration, which says in paragraph 2, This certainty is not a bare conjectural and probable persuasion grounded upon a fallible hope, but an infallible assurance of faith founded on the blood and righteousness of Christ, revealed in the gospel, and also upon the inward evidence of those graces unto which promises are made, and on the immediate witness of the Spirit, testifying our adoption as a fruit thereof, leaving the heart more humble and holy." Full text is here. Uh, you, uh, Pastor Charmley continues, You've been better to say that the Arminian is thrown on his own works, the Lutheran looks holy to Christ, and at most the Calvinist appeals to both. 
though I am also aware that there are differences here between English and continental Calvinism. Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> being, being a, uh, studying Calvinism is like being a wine connoisseur. You're like, oh, yeah, I prefer French wine to German wine. It's like, what? I don't know. They're all the different flavors, and there's these subtle differences. Anyways, some at some point, we'll, uh, I mean, Pastor Charmley might be our wine expert. <laughs> the main reason for this is called the English Channel, Pastor Charmley says. In the name of our blessed Savior... That's the British spelling, Jesus Christ, Pastor Charmley. Uh, Now, so the answer is, Pastor Charmley, I will modify my statement that the only way the Calvinist has assurance is is growth and good works. And I will say that the Calvinist also has room in their doctrine for uh, a mystical uh, assurance of salvation. (laughs) In other words, uh, the result of God's work not only in the external good works, but also in the internal kind of persuasion. And I will cite for proof Chapter 18 of the Savoy Declaration, (laughs) where it says, (laughs) revealed in the gospel and also upon the inward evidence of those graces which promises are made. So that, um, but now, the real reason, the kind of theological reason, and I was looking around for my copy of Calvin's Institutes here, but my, uh, apparently my, um... It's really too bad we we scrapped the game which we originally planned, uh, What's in Your Pastor's Library. Because uh, that'd be kind of fun to hunt down during you know during that game. Yes, Calvin uh, makes and here's the root of this whole thing. Calvin makes the distinction. He says, and I'll quote it from memory: "We must distinguish between the two species of calling." Um, and so, what Calvin makes the distinction between the external word preached and the internal word, which is the work of the Holy Spirit. And what that does is it destroys the means of grace. It means that you cannot be sure that when you're hearing the external word that you are hearing the voice of God, or at least you cannot be sure that you are hearing the voice of God for you because, after all, it's only the elect uh, for whom Christ died. So the distinction between the external word and things like baptism and the Lord's Supper and the work of the Holy Spirit, that distinction destroys any sort of assurance that to be found in the means of grace. And so when that is destroyed, and, and I think Calvin will say that. In fact, that's why the Calvinists don't, uh, I mean, the means of grace are uh, signs, etc., but you they, you can only um, have comfort in them if, if the Holy Spirit has then worked inward faith, etc., so that you can never be sure. Where is Calvin? He's, he's, <laughs> he's spying on us somewhere in this room. I just can't see <laughs> I <laughs> You, you, you guys should see Pastor. Look, I took a picture of he's He kind of has his mouth next to the microphone, but it's complete, like 360 degrees around. I, if I knew it was this entertaining you watching you on the radio, I would have come here more often. I got mad mic skills, as you can see. <laughs> Calvin is, is he's like a secret agent here in my office. He's spying on me. He's, I just can't see him. Is he in the box in the closet? No, no. Um, He's there keeping an eye on me somewhere. I just can't get my eye on him. Where anyway, this distinction then means that you got to look somewhere else for assurance. You can't look to the means of grace. Uh, you got to look to the result, which is going to be either works or the inward evidence. So I'll modify my statement, but I think it still remains. You got no means. Modified, modified, meanless theology. Hey, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. We're going to play Name That Church Body right after this commercial break. Stay tuned on Table Talk Radio. We were singing bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Go, Michelle, to the levee, but the levee was dry. 
day that I die. This will be the day that I die. Table Talk Radio. Well, we think we're funny. Decade. <laughs> Welcome back to Tail Tiger. Name the decade of that bump song. <laughs> sorry, the bump is over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Now it's back to us. Uh, all right, uh, name that church body. How this works is we read. I'm uh, sure. By the way, Pastor Charmley would be completely satisfied with that answer, don't you? Think yeah, I don't so? think we we'll hear from him again. Uh, I think it'll settle it in his no, mind. No, we will hear from him again because we need to find out how many blogs he has. Right. Pastor Charmley, your uh, your Calvinist um, what? criteria are suspect until we know how many blogs you have. <laughs> okay, name that church body is where uh, Pastor goes to his uh, his library here, of which he has uh, more books than he has room for, um, <laughs> and I go to the the internet, <laughs> uh, and I go to uh, church websites and get their statement of beliefs, and he goes to uh, his books and finds. Various church body statement. I'm the old school. And we uh, books yeah, he, are so retro. He writes his sermons with a typewriter too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you imagine? I can. I've seen it. In fact, I've dug through the archives here, uh-huh. and there's all these old sermons typed out on typewriters. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's impressive. Well, anyway, we read the uh, statement of beliefs, and the other person has to uh, guess what uh, church tradition, what denomination, or even what religion uh it is uh this isn't restricted to the christian church uh by any means uh so uh are you ready to go Pastor? yeah i'm ready you ready yeah i'm ready okay in the expression of our savior it's the british spelling <laughs> many are called but few are chosen matthew 22 it is also very importantly interpreted uh there will be no ambiguity in it if we attend to what our former remarks ought to have made clear visibly that there are two species of calling For there is a universal call by which God, through the external preaching of the word, invites all men alike, even those for whom he designs the call to be a saver of death, save or, British spelling, and the ground of a severer condemnation. Did you hear that? So there's a universal call by which God, through the external preaching of the word, invites all men alike, even those whom he designs to be that call to be a saver of death and the ground of a severe condemnation. Besides this, there is a special call which, for the most part, God bestows on believers only. That little for the most part is confusing to me. Uh, when the internal illumination of the Spirit, he causes... Sorry. When by the internal illumination of the Spirit, he causes the word preached to take deep root in their hearts... Sometimes, however, he communicates it also to those uh, whom he enlightens only for a time, and whom afterward, in just punishment for their ingratitude, he abandons and smites with greater blindness. Hmm. Okay, I have an idea of this. Uh, are there three rounds here, or are you just... Is that a, oh, you want me to read some more? I, I can don't read know. some more. Okay. I'll, 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 uh, so far, it sounds a lot like Calvin. Does it sound a lot like that quote that I gave you earlier? <laughs> I couldn't find the book before the break. 
<laughs> it looks a lot like that book you just pulled off your shelf during the break. <laughs> is this unfortunately it's I, it is so incompatible to me that Calvin's Institutes is published in this cover that looks like it was drawn up by a hippie. Doesn't this look like a hippie designed this cover? Kind of from yeah. the 70s? That's how all the books were in the 70s. I'm though. against the 70s. <laughs> nothing ever good. Nothing on book covers or in worship came good out of the 70s. <laughs> so so Calvin would say that there is a universal call, um, but that universal call does no good for those who are, are uh, reprobate. In fact, it makes the judgment more severe. Right, because... Yeah. Uh, they're rejecting it all the more, huh? Want some more of this? Sure. So, uh, really. Such di- disgraces to his church, such cankers, God will not always tolerate, but will cast them forth as their turpitude deserves. For then, few then, out of the great number of called are chosen. The calling, however, not being of that kind which enables believers to judge of their election. So, so what Calvin is saying here is that you cannot judge you cannot have any certainty of your salvation from the call from the word preached from the uh, sacraments administered you cannot find certainty there which means then that you have to find it somewhere else so so in fact there's going to be a, a huge tradition I, I should have dug some of this stuff up there's going to be a huge tradition of um, of certainty discussions in Calvinism. Where do you find the certainty of your salvation? How do you have the certainty of your salvation? Uh, it's because it is not in the Word. It can't be, according to Calvin. Now, this I can, would like to call the fount of all Reformed error. Some some would disagree with me because uh, they want to see the fount of the error in the Reformed Church of being the, the, an emphasis on sovereignty, etc., or the doctrine of election whereby God divides one or the other, and this is the result. But I, I think this is it. Uh, the, um, this distinction of these two calls uh, is where all the other errors come out, because because now the believer has um, cannot go. You cannot go to the Bible for certainty of salvation. It's not there. That's the external call. And you have to distinguish, Calvin says, you must distinguish between two types of calls, the universal, but you cannot be sure that that's true. Um, at least you cannot be sure that it's for you, and then the internal. Yeah, so what you just said uh, about Calvin and the sacraments is ex- the exact opposite of what Luther says about about the, uh, the well, sacraments. Well, if you want to go on to the next church body, that would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so you better ju- uh, guess uh, what that church body was, and so then you can get some points. I'm gonna guess uh, that last one was Calvinism. True. All right. Wait, wait. How many points? Um, two hundred points. Evan. All right. Two hundred. You, you save up these points to make a down payment on your house. Okay. Now, here's the next church body. Many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew 22. This does not stem from the fact that God's call, which is made through the Word has the following meaning. It's not as though God said outwardly through the word, I indeed call all of you to my kingdom, everyone to whom I give my word. However, in my heart, I do not mean this for everyone, but only for a few. For it's my will that most of those whom I call through the word shall not be enlightened or converted. Instead, they shall be and remain damned, even though I explain myself differently to them through the word in the call. For this would be to assign contradictory wills to God. 
In this way, it would be taught that God, who is who surely is eternal truth, contradicts himself when, in fact, God punishes such wickedness in people. When a person states one purpose and thinks uh, and means another in his heart, for example, Psalm 5 or Psalm 12. By this notion, the necessary basis of comfort is made completely uncertain and void, for we are daily reminded and encouraged that we are to learn and conclude what his will is towards us only from God's word, through which he works and in uh, works with, oh, sorry, through which he works with us and calls us. We should believe and not doubt what it affirms to us and promises. So that's the, in fact, a direct response to Calvin's uh, kind of nonsense here. Oh well, I'm gonna guess then uh, uh, that would be Lutheranism. Well, it's true, except for remember, I think we gotta uh, not call Lutheranism an ism anymore because I'm against ism. So we should call it okay. Lutheran teaching. But I'm actually gonna guess because uh, I know I see that you're reading from the Book of Concord. What? <laughs> I'm gonna guess that that is from the. Uh, the formula of Concord. Yes. In fact, I'm going to guess that it's from the Solid Declaration. Yes. And uh, Article 5. Oh, yeah, good guess. Good. Uh, except for it's Article 11. Oh. Oh. Election. Oh, yeah. It's a doctrine of election where they get after the, the old Calvinists because, and they say, look, these Calvinists, they destroy comfort because they destroy God's word. Now, how mo- how marvelous a sort of thing because the Calvinists, now, uh, the Calvinists would say that that God's word is true and it's right and it doesn't have error in it. But can can is it for you? That's always the question. There's always a question if it's for you. And the way it's for you is by the Holy Spirit working inside, uh, separately from the word. And then now you know that you're the elect through the inward whatever or outward whatever or whatever whatever. But you, it's always <laughs> this question. It's it's undermining the and you got this. This kind of genius thing, if you if you want to understand doctrine, Luther wrote uh, this great, uh, he, what did he write about the heavenly prophets, against the heavenly prophets, against Brother Karlstadt. And, and here's Lutheran doctrine. Ready? Luther says, the word, the word, the word. I mean, the, 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 the Bible must be God's word for us. For Calvin, as we heard a minute ago, and as you rightly guessed, it can't be. The word can't be for you, uh, because it, it's only for the elect, see? Jesus' death can't be uh, certainly for you, because it's only for the elect. So it puts this level of uncertainty there uh, and undermines the means that uh, the Holy Spirit is working through us, which is unadvisable. So uh, let's play a little in just like the next, oh, 48 seconds. I'm giving you 200 points, by the way, for guessing... That that was from the Lutheran Confessions. Great. Uh, okay, so the next 40 seconds, answer the question as, how do you know that I'm saved? Because Jesus does not lie. And he told me, uh, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution, forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. I mean, that's just, that's it. Jesus does not lie. Uh, when he talks to us in his word, uh, when we hear his voice in the sacraments which he instituted, which forgive our sins. All right. Well, uh, after this next commercial break, we are going to keep playing Name That Church Body. I have some uh, 
some statements of beliefs off of the internet from various church bodies I found on the net. Uh, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. We want to hear from you about all this. You can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or call us 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-SOLA. Right now. The heavenly first united Baptocostal, Presbyterian, Methodiscopal, Evangelical, Evangelistic, Nazaristic, Faithaholic, Charismental, Fundamentic, Holy Spirit filled fanatic, the Church of God in Christ our Lord. We're all God's children, harmonizing. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is most certainly true. Let's find a church. Anyone will work. Be it Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Episcopalian. How about a country chapel? And welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Name that church body. And uh, Pastor, you want to give us an update on the score? <laughs> sure. Hold on. I'm trying to take a picture to put you on Facebook. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, Is this backlight uh, ruining the picture for you? No, it's making it better. I can't only see the outline. <laughs> uh, the score apparently appears to be 400 to nothing. Who has nothing? Uh, I have nothing, but uh, that will change <laughs> shortly, I'm sure. We shall see. Uh, I have some tough ones for you today. I'm, I, uh, I'll i be surprised if you get these, but are you ready? We'll just hit, hit the ground right Yeah, now. yeah. All right. How uh, about name that church body wizard? Okay. Well, the... I got magic powers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not, it's not going to be as easy as it was for me because you can't see what I'm reading from. <laughs> it's convenient, isn't it? All right. That uh, looks a lot like the Book of Concord. I'm glad you didn't miss it. Uh, the person who founded this church challenged the belief of the Roman Catholic and Episcopal churches in the necessity for and the authority of a hierarchical, hierarchical structure of priests and bishops. He claimed that everyone was able to have a personal relationship with the living Jesus without having to depend on the intercessions of a priest or minister. He taught that there is one, Jesus Christ, who can speak to each each person's condition and the responsibility for ministry, therefore, rests upon all. All right, so now I have a little clue there. That, so this will have to be the church body formed after the formation of the Roman Catholic Church? Uh, so that would be, what's that, 1547, the uh, Council of Trent. And it'll also have to be after the formation of the Episcopalian Church, which was whenever King Henry VIII uh, had his divorces. So that was, what, like uh, 1560s or so? I'm Henry VIII. Now, so, uh, uh, yeah, so it'll be later after those. Okay. That's my first clue. Uh, here's the next one. Uh, the people of this church body hold that the words of the Bible should not be taken as the final revelation of God. The books have been written by men who were acting under the power of the Holy Spirit, and it was necessary to read the words in the power of the same Spirit and to listen to what the Spirit uh, then spoke in your heart. The words were active agents in that sense. When read in the Spirit at the appropriate time, they would spring to life for the reader and take the reader forward in his or her spiritual journey. Um, so the distinction between God's Word and the work of the Spirit, this could be a Calvinist or a <laughs> Pentecostal. <laughs> um, but it sounds more of the charismatic sort because the Calvinists don't like to admit this sort of thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> boy, oh boy. This is we figured out the marketing for the Calvinists is just to uh, get after them. All right. Uh, we got one more? Yeah, one more. Uh, the person who founded this church body preached the good news that we are all children of God and that, as children of God, we have inherited powers from God. Each of us was given a measure of this power or light and in accordance with how we used it, so more would be given to us. Jesus had possessed this power or light without measure so that he became became the light and the light within within us is Jesus. Ugh. Um, so this is this is almost like a a, a perfect um, description of a of some sort of uh, kind of cultic mystic, mysticism. <laughs> um, uh, so so it has all these marks. So so it's anti-Roman Catholic, anti-Episcopal. Uh, so you start off with your you're not defining yourself, but you're rejecting something. Um, is this the description on their own church stuff? Is this how they are described themselves? Yes. Yeah. So when you're when you are marking yourself as a rebellious sort of movement, that's gonna that's a, uh, one of the gonna be one of the marks of kind of a, a bit of a cultic sort of thing. Um, it, it, it also has all these mystical marks where you have this inherited divinity. Remember, do, do we have this definition of mysticism? As the um, you have an essential unity between your human person and the immediate presence of God, His power, or something like that. So the, you have this power or light in you, this distinction between God's word and then the progressive revelation of God's word. So um, the Holy Spirit is coming and teaching you more. Um, I bet you there's there could be probably a hundred little things like this. I bet it was started by some. Started by a charismatic leader, probably someone who was in one of the monasteries or something like this, and who has a long beard. <laughs> but I don't know. I can't. I can't. Can't even venture a guess. No, huh? I don't even know. Um, how about a hint? Would you like? A yeah, hint? yeah. Give me a hint. Um, some of our friends might be in this church body. Oh, is this Quakers? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the gentleman I was speaking of was George Fox. Oh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, huh? Yeah. So. Uh, pretty interesting though. I didn't know all that about the. Did George the... Fox have a uh, have a beard? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> that's essential to my understanding of this. Uh, maybe you could Google it on your on your fancy oh, yeah, computer. I'll pull it up here. I still can't connect to your internet. So. Okay. Now I think um, so. This is the inner light bodies. You know the whole inner light thing. So uh, you don't uh, you don't look to the Lord's word. You look to the illumination of the Spirit, which is only. Um, uh, kind of stoked by the word. So the word, the Bible, the Bible is like a diving board, but the real religious experience is the pool. <laughs> so you just sat, and so that all the other religions are just sitting on the diving board, and you, you have jumped in. I, I think the uh, the only thing they got going for them, at least, is at least that they're honest about this progressive revelation. Uh, there's so many um, Christians who say that. I don't know. We believe in sola scriptura, and uh, we say that you know the, the the Bible is clear. But uh, when when they find themselves against God's word, well, uh, that's what it meant then. But uh, that doesn't really apply to us now. Uh, right. You know, kind of. And, and you hear that all the time. Whenever you know the the big one uh, in the last uh, couple of years was uh, how 
the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America was interpreting passages that dealt with homosexuality. And one, one of the biggest uh, explanations of those texts was, well, uh, that was true culturally for, for St. Paul in his day, but that doesn't apply to us anymore. Yeah, I remember having this conversation with an Episcopal, kind of progressive Episcopalian who has the same sort of idea that the, that the Holy Spirit changes his mind. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, does the Holy Spirit apparently hasn't changed his mind in Africa. <laughs> so does he only change his mind in the United States, and is homosexuality still a sin in Africa, where it's still culturally unacceptable, and the Holy Spirit hasn't guided the culture to that greater insight? Uh, and he and his answer was, you're a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, by the way, uh, just a, a little research here. Our crack research team has determined <laughs> that George Fox did not have a beard. <laughs> So, he did uh, have long hair. So you weren't even close at all on that guy. And Gaston. a big hat. Look at this picture of this guy. He's not particularly ugly. I mean, no. No. I think uh, in a lineup with uh, Walther, I think he'd probably win. Or Melanchthon. Or. <laughs> you know who was, I think, a handsome theologian, anti theologian? Was this guy Karlstadt. I think he was a handsome guy. Hmm. Look at these handsome heretics. You're in trouble. <laughs> Would all right. Single ladies, please la- raise their Let's hands. move on to the next uh, <laughs> name that church buddy. Here, I'll, I'll give you first uh, our seven core values. Oh. This is tough. I don't I'm think all about get values. This. Uh, the first one is outreach, introducing those next door and around the world to the Savior. Outreach. Got it. Worship, exalting God together. Instruction, studying to know, understand, on, and obey God's worship. truth. What's the second one? What's the third one? Instruction. I'm writing this down for my council meeting next week. <laughs> uh, community, community is the fourth one, sharing our lives with one another. Then prayer, acknowledging our dependence on him to accomplish the mission. Uh, next one is service, fulfilling our call to prepare people. <laughs> and then last but not least, stewardship, managing what we have for maximum investment in God's kingdom. <laughs> I don't know what the interest rate is on God, in God's kingdom. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Outreach, worship, instruction, community, prayer, service, stewardship. And this is our, our sevenfold vision? Uh, seven core values. Yeah. All, All right. right. That's uh, it? Uh, I'll, have give, I'll give you another one. Uh, how about uh, this? This will help you out uh, on the human race. We believe that both man and woman were created in the image of God to enjoy a personal relationship with him. As a result of deliberate disobedience, they fell from their sinless estate, and they are all, they and all their descendants became sinners. Consequently, they cannot save themselves, and apart from the grace of God in Jesus Christ, they are condemned to a place of eternal torment. Okay, that sounds all right. All right. Um, all right, uh, we have Satan, church, sanctification, um, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit. What do you want? Bible. Um, the way I mean, I can tell. Uh, sanctification might be a telling one. What was the, What about the devil? Give me the devil one. All right, that might be. And then we'll get your guess on the other side. We believe that Satan was created an angelic, uh, an angelic being. He became the author of sin, our adversary and accuser, and the great deceiver of the nations. He will finally be overcome by the. The, by the Lord Jesus Christ and suffer eternal punishment in the lake of fire. So those are your entries for it. Name that church body. We'll give you the commercial break to figure it out. We'll see what uh, Pastor Wolfmuller comes up with for name that church body. 
You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Did you get these right? Let us know. 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-SOLA. We'll get your guess on the other side. That's the Who Wants to Date an Almost Pastor Putting you in executive session. Table Talk Radio, unscripted, unprepared, unashamed. Outreach, worship, instruction, community, prayer, service, and stewardship are the seven core values of this church body. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Wolfman, it's time to get your guess for Name That Church Body. This is the And we also heard about what they believe about the human race and the devil, which was kind of just standard evangelical stuff. The idea of having core values like this is essentially modern. I mean, you would never find this in any church body over 30 or 40 years old. Um, but, but old church bodies are catching up to this. I, I have not heard... I, and you have to tell me if I missed it, but I have not heard anything distinctive about this church body. <laughs> I told you it was going to be hard. Is I there? Know. I mean, so what were? They, I mean, let me try to stab at one more of their articles of of belief. What? Give okay. me the options again. Uh, Bible, God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, uh, salvation, sanctification, uh, church, and future events. <laughs> Future, let me hear the future events. <laughs> That's, that'll be the where I can... All right. We believe on a day known only by God the Father, Jesus will rapture his church to deliver it from the judgments that God will pour out upon the earth. After this terrible period, the Lord Jesus will return in glory to establish his millennial kingdom on the earth. This will be followed by the final judgment of the wicked of of the wicked in the lake of fire and eternal bliss for God's children in a new heaven and new earth. So they're dispensational. Uh, I, I mean, so it's a, that's going to limit it from all the major kind of denominational evangelicals, like uh, the Southern Baptist Church, which will not come out as a dispensationalist, even though most are. They are not officially, and things like that. So this is going to have to be something like Calvary Chapel or uh, some sort of Bible church. It might be... Um, uh, like Chuck Swindoll's church, or or the guy down in San Antonio. Uh, the, um, but uh, why don't I just say, uh, I just say Calvary Chapel? Uh, no, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. And again, this was tough because there was nothing really distinguishing. But this is a, a Berean church, oh. namely Lincoln, Lincoln Berean Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln uh, so the the Bereans got gotcha. you. All right. I don't know what's distinctive about the Berean Church. I'll have our apparently, crack research team. Apparently nothing. <laughs> i got the crack research team on the job here. All right. Well, in the meantime, let's do some uh, bumper stickers, huh? Yeah, that's good. I can uh, do research on the Internet and do bumper stickers. We'll do bumper time. stickers slash church signs. And uh, let's see what i got here first. The first one uh, is a church sign that says, A life without God is like an unsharpened pencil. There's just no point. 
Have we done, oh, we've done that one before? Oh, have we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, what I'll do you go, say about that? I'll go to the next one. Then. No, well, <laughs> no, there. I mean, there's something is something to say about that um, because most church signs, I mean, uh, most church signs show a slight desperation. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I do. Like uh, we don't, we're not sure if we have something good to say. So we're um we're just gonna say something yeah and say something funny, <laughs> which kind of reminds me of a particular radio show. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, I was I was laughing that they you know that that's a common joke you know hey, hey did you hear the joke about the pencil and never mind it has no point you know I mean I mean there's a bu- there's a bunch of those you know uh, but the, but there's this theology that says that Jesus will give you direction you know what I mean direction yeah. well i mean doesn't that go back uh, and we're going to talk about this next week on table talk radio as a, a theological anthropology it goes back to a church that sounds like fun <laughs> it goes back to a church of anthropology we could make a game called <laughs> name that stage in your in your church's anthropological progression <laughs> That's well the game yeah I play. yeah well we'll try it we'll, we'll give it a whirl tune in next week if you want to hear that if you don't we don't no one blames you <laughs> Um, but but you know if, if people think that man's problem is that that they lack direction, then then what they have to offer is is seminars on how to gain fulfillment in life. Uh, however, if a church has a theology that that man's problem is that they're dead in their sins, uh, that there's no hope uh, for for man apart from Christ, then right. the, then what they offer is Christ crucified. Yeah, they offer uh, Christ's forgiveness as, right. as given through His His Word and His sacraments. Which, according to um, that uh, church that wants you to go in the right direction, would be going in the wrong direction. Which is my per- preferred direction, by the way, backwards. <laughs> All right. Well, here is another. Here's a, a bumper sticker now. Be the change you wish to see in the world by Gandhi on the back of a Jeep Grand Cherokee. It also says dirt worshiper on the side, but I have no idea what that means. Dirt worshiper. Huh. I'd question that anthropology. That reminds me of the... (laughs) That was by Gandhi? That reminds me of the Michael Jackson song. Uh... Is that Michael Jackson? Man in the Mirror? Yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did develop a lot of my theology listening to Michael Jackson. <laughs> Good. Be the change that you want to be. Now, the, one of the kind of ironies about that bumper sticker is that you're telling everyone else what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point of the words is, don't tell other people what to do. Do it yourself. <laughs> so there is a, is kind a, of ironic. a slightly <laughs> a sl- a slight contradiction in the message there. I'm confused. <laughs> So be the change you want to be. Uh, if I were uh, if I were a listener right now, I would follow the advice of that bumper sticker and turn off this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's a, a timely church sign: Lent, a time to fill the potholes of life. What? <laughs> um, Lent, a time to fill the potholes. It of is life. interesting. To uh, to see how these churches who are not normally uh, liturgical or observe the uh, the church calendar in any way whatsoever, but what they do during Lent it's really fascinating. It, and it's usually a time to do you know like Rick Warren's Forty Days of Purpose or something like this, uh, or you know a lot of the churches for a while were doing these uh, sex challenges t- things like that. Uh, so so Lent is just an opportunity to to institute another program another another. Uh, pre-designed uh, program. Yeah, the idea that we're uh, we're under construction, so that Christianity is <laughs> kind of yeah. self-construction. 
or repair. I mean, Lent would be the time of repair. So that uh, now you, your life is messed up, but now we're going to get it fixed up. And, and, uh, and we'll have Jesus back up the asphalt truck, and, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit can uh, pour down the tar. Smooth sailing from now on out. All right, here's a... Uh, here's the, church sound out, uh, the sign outside your church would, see, would be like this, uh, a, a pothole in your spiritual development. <laughs> <laughs> Come listen to our sermons. <laughs> yeah, I but you know I was out in in Oregon uh, a couple weeks ago and look, looking at houses out there and and to stop by the church. You uh, mean Faith studios? Lutheran, and uh, <laughs> looking for radio studios. <laughs> and uh, I did see that that Faith Lutheran does have a sign that has a little marquee thing, so we could actually start playing that with my own. Oh yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right, that's right. Come listen to our sermon. Uh, uh, a pothole. How how would it be? Uh, pothole Lutheran Church. <laughs> I mean, there is something where I mean the exact opposite thing that the the Bible is not is is in a lot of ways the law is tearing us down. There's this kind of destructive thing, but and building us up and edifying us. That's the biblical language, edification. But it's the Holy Spirit doing doing the work. Uh, it's not a self improvement program. Um, in fact, it's not about improvement at all. It's about uh, forgiveness. Yeah. Well, here's a uh, here's a bumper sticker. I have a church sign uh, for you. Sign. <laughs> it says, "If God is your co-pilot, switch seats." From St. Andrew's United Church of Christ, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Thanks a lot. Well, familiar rules. Now, <laughs> we could. If we could <laughs> That's a good bumper sticker. If, if we could keep the uh, the call-ins appropriate, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> it's completely uncalled for. <laughs> you, I, would, I thought you were going to edit that message so it would go like this. Wolfmuller, end gag line, rules. <laughs> I should have. Yeah, I, I, I don't do any uh, trickery with the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was it our last show that aired yeah, that yeah. you uh, that I wasn't even there for the last half and so you were putting in little sound bites from me to make it sound like I was in the background? I just thought you liked that playing rock so band. That is so funny. I had to do one of those soundboards for me, and then you, I don't even need to be here for the show, 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 show. Oh, wait. It's really me. It's not a computer. <laughs> oh, that was good. Okay. What is the bumper sticker? If God is your co-pilot, change seats. Yeah. So this is playing off of the popular bumper sticker, uh, God is my co-pilot. And so now they say, oh, if he's your co-pilot, you're in the wrong seat. I do like the idea of uh, bumper stickers correcting other bumper stickers, you know? <laughs> bumper, bumper sticker, sticker accountability. War. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's kind of a... Uh, uh, so that you have the fish, and then you have the lizard eating the fish, and then you have the f- fish eating the lizard, uh, you know, and that, uh, that's nice. I kind of like that, the drama, you know? It's, uh, in fact, uh, do you see that thing? I think this is can't be real, but the two churches with church signs, and they're fighting back and forth about yeah, all dogs go to heaven. Real. I think it is real. <laughs> That is the funniest thing. I wish there was a church across the street from here and we could fight with them in the church side. The next one said uh, something like, uh, uh, dogs don't go to heaven, read your Bible or something like that. (laughs) And then it said, Catholic dogs go to heaven, Episcopal dogs we don't know about. (laughs) I think that's great. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, uh, maybe time for one more quick one. Good. Church sign. Who designed the ark? An architect. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now uh, bad jokes going on church signs. 
Well, that's not really new. <laughs> this that's just true. in. Churches are putting up bad jokes on, on church signs. <laughs> Never seen before. <laughs> well, believe it or not, that is all the time we have. So congratulations on making it all the way through the show. And thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the jokes are like the timing on a church sign joke. You mean the points? The points. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. (laughs) The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.